Snow falls on an old apartment. Inside, the holiday season is in swing. On the first floor, cokes are poured and stories shared among friends. Three flights up, one generation passes down the family recipe to the next. Inside every home, there's magic. Coca-Cola. Real magic. Enjoy the real magic of the season with close friends, family, and refreshing Coca-Cola paired with all your holiday meals. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, anywhere else you get podcasts on your smartphone device. We are presented by Bryant and Stratton College, Stanley Law Offices, and Ken's Auto Detailing. If you are in and around Central New York, get over to Ken's for that A to Z Wax and wash, you'll drive away from that lot and literally feel like you have a brand new car. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to the Whitaker and Swan families and Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. You can, of course, hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and be on the lookout for my 9-Minute with Mike Lindsley segments all over Facebook, Twitter, IGTV, TikTok, and on YouTube. Well, it is a delight for me to bring on a St. Bonaventure basketball great to the program. He was a forward for the Bonnies from 1966 to 1969 and played on some terrific Bonnie teams, including that 67-68 team, uh, a first-round win over Boston College in the NCAA tournament. Sweet 16 played North Carolina loss and then finished in the regional third-place game against Columbia uh, with the loss. But those teams were really, really good. Remember, that was a different era, a smaller NCAA tournament. The NIT meant uh, even more. And... Uh, just had a, a, a tremendous, tremendous run for St. Bonaventure uh, and is one of the greats in Hoops history, connected with him on social media. And trust me when I tell you, if you are a St. Bonaventure basketball fan and alum, you're going to enjoy this interview with Bonnie's basketball great, John Hayes, who also has been enjoying the Buffalo Bills' success uh, this season as well. John, welcome aboard. Thanks for a few minutes. Go Bonas. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm fine, and uh, yeah, definitely go Bonas. What made you decide on St. Bonaventure? Do you remember that day? Uh, actually, I, I do remember how it transpired and so forth. Uh, but let me give you a little background. It's, uh, you know, I'm from Niagara Falls, New York. Not sure if you knew that or who knows that, but everybody does now. And uh, went to Niagara Falls High School, graduated in 1965, and lucky enough to play four years of varsity basketball there. <laughs> which is unusual uh, in the 60s at any time, I guess. Uh, and I did set a scoring record of 29.6 points a game that has never been broken 56 years later, which I'm still proud of, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Niagara Falls I had a huge uh, school. We had 680 kids in our graduating class. And, you know, as I grew up as a kid prior to going to the high school, I, I constantly was listening to St. Bonaventure and Niagara play basketball. Sure, the big four. Yeah. So, yeah. And, <clears> and, and in the seventh, eighth grade, you know, by the time I got serious about playing the game, uh, never in my wildest dreams did I ever imagine one day I'd be recruited by one of those schools. You know, mm. it's, just, it's just unimaginable. Uh, so why Bona and not Niagara? <laughs> Since I was right there. I still have people that, you know, from the falls asking me that question, you know, but, uh, but recruiting played a major part in my decision. Plus, yeah. 
Yeah, plus the head coach of Niagara at the time, uh, Taps Gallagher, was retiring that year. And he just wasn't aggressively recruiting Hmm. when they should have been. But one of the biggest reasons, believe it or not, was the, uh, I would say, the eventual construction of the 6,000-seat capacity Riley Center versus the 2,500-capacity Gallagher Center. And they're still playing there. Yeah. And I think it's had a negative effect on the people that they brought to that school over the years. And uh, uh, and that's probably why they're in a, a, a lower, uh, 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 you know, playing in the division that they're in versus the Atlantic 10. Uh, but anyway, the, the guy that recruited him, his name was Ben Russin. Ben was an uh, alumni of St. Bonaventure, class of 51, uh, never played basketball. But he just happened to be living in Lockport. He was from Carbondale, Pennsylvania. But uh, he was helping Weesey recruit ball players. And a salesman, he was not just a salesman. He was one of the very best salesmen. And so, you know, you're selling that school yeah. when you're out there recruiting. And sometimes the coach can't do that. So you have to have the right person. He was the right person. Uh, and, uh, you know, I never regretted the fact that uh, uh, I made that decision as I look back, and uh, uh, of course, I, I, I had a stellar freshman season. You know, you couldn't play varsity back then. Yep, yep. Yeah, I didn't have that option. It's so uh, funny, by the way, when you look at you know people today who don't realize that, especially young people, they'll go on and be right. like, "Oh, wow, you played three years there, huh? How come?" And, and you have to explain that. It's it's I, wild. I, I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine <laughs> Carmelo Anthony? You know, going to Syracuse, sitting out the first year, and then trying to win the national championship. You know. Oh right, no kidding. I know. Yeah, it, it was it was definitely different, but that's the way it was. And yeah. We knew nothing. You know, that's all we knew. It was that way everywhere, all over the country. So we're we're uh, we're a crazy bunch. St. Bonaventure alum, the fans, the RC you mentioned that was going up in your day. I went there from '98 to 2002. So right, I, 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 yeah, I had a major uh, era of Bonner basketball success. The tournament in 2000 almost beat Kentucky. And now we're in the Mark Schmidt era, obviously, where they've knocked on the door repeatedly to make the tournament. They've made it once, should have made it twice, could have made it three yes. times after the yes. loss to St. Louis in the final of the A-10. How would you describe, John, from the Stiss and your era, Lanier, on into the into the late 90s and Jim Barron to Mark Schmidt to where we are now, the RC, the crowds. It's a small little school. We know all about the things, the challenges, because we're reminded all the time on national TV about, oh, it's, it's a middle of nowhere. We hear it all. But for what we are, the small school, the passion, we treat the program like it's our Duke, for Christ's sake. How would, yes. how would you describe, if you could, through your years, your time playing, being an alum, talking to people like me, the fans, people who are there now, administration, how would you describe the St. Bonaventure basketball cult, the community? How would you describe it? Well, first of all, you know, it's a basketball school. You know that about it. Yeah, I mean, actually, when I was there, that was it. Yeah. They, didn't, they had a baseball team, I think, and prior to, I think, in the late, the early 50s, they had a football team, which you know, with Ted Marchaprota, <laughs> and, and they were awesome. But that was it. After that, it was all basketball. Yeah. And I hate to say, but uh, uh, people really respected the basketball players. <laughs> that when you came to the school, I remember going to the uh, very first uh, uh, freshman get together in, in the uh, cafeteria. I think it was where they had all the freshmen in there. And don't 
who do they introduce? The three scholarship basketball players. <laughs> so from the day you got there, you know, it, it was just the greatest place on, on earth. And, and, and it's so hard to explain. Uh, but you had to really uh, experience it to appreciate what a basketball uh, iconic school it was at the time and still is today. So, I mean, I, mean, I couldn't have been there at a better time. And, and uh, uh, every, other than the fact that, you know, I, I had some injury issues, uh, it was just a fantastic experience. And, and Bonaventure basketball has been and always will be you know, uh, something to reckon with for sure. But we're a crazy bunch, aren't we? I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're, well, we're, we're all about it. Work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're a, uh, you know, we, like I said, I mean, we treat, I, I know that there are, and I, I live in central New York and I grew up in the big I East. I know where you live. I looked at the map. Yeah. I, I saw that you're yeah. north of Syracuse. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I grew up in, you know, my guys were Derek Coleman and Sherman Douglas and Billy Owens and, you know, yeah. that 80s Big East and Georgetown and Villanova and the 30,000 plus and, and, and oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, Billy Billy Packer on color and CBS here every Saturday at 2 o'clock in February yes. when it's 10 degrees, right? So I went from that as a kid, grew up in that era, the Bayheim years, eight, and they're still oh, going, yeah. but, you know, 80s, 90s into going to Bana. And while I know, I see both sides, I know both sides because the money's such a big part now and the power five is a big part and, yes. and the draw is the big part. And it's so hard for Bonnet to make the tournament because if you have one slip up, you're in danger. Oh, yeah. If you have two, you got to literally win four games to make up for it and then right. hope that you can get in, right? And so I see both sides. But the, the one similarity is, and I still haven't convinced most of the SU fan base of this, or Duke fans, or Carolina people, like we treat our program like those programs, John. There's no doubt about it. Bonaventure is just like Duke to their fans, you know, Bona to us. It's the same thing, the way we act, is it not? No, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah. 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 And, and you know what, though, to some degree, you have to be there to appreciate it you and do. realize it. Yeah, you do. Speak, yeah, speaking you, you of which... Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Speaking of which, what does the RC mean to you? You know, when you walk into that building, do you still get the chills? <laughs> Let me tell you about the RC. Yeah, I watched, I watched and built it. So, I mean, I have something that a lot of people that are going there now and have gone for the last 20, 30 years didn't get to appreciate. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, that's one of the reasons I went there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the year that they were building it, between my freshman and sophomore year at Bonaventure, uh, when they were completing it just about... Um, I happened to room with Lanier in summer school, cool. right across, you know, in one of the uh, dorms right behind the uh, uh, convention center. And we go in there frequently to watch the progress because, you know, we played basketball outside. There was a, there was a court outside there. And uh, uh, <laughs> I just happened to be walking in the day they put the first basket up. In other words, yeah. you know, installing the first basket. And I had a ball. In my hand, of course. I had one, one in my hand all the time, I think, on campus. <laughs> so I just sort of sat around and watched nonchalantly while he installed it. And then when it was completed, I dribbled over and I shot a layup. And the guys working there were not happy about that. They wanted the ball and they wanted to make the first basket. <laughs> and I still have the distinction of making the very first basket in the Riley Center. Really? Not in the game, but during the construction, yeah. Wow. Well, you have that distinction, and I have a distinction of tearing my ACL in the Riley Center. I actually played 
in oh. in in yep in uh, my junior year at Bonas, I was playing in a little uh, little recreation ball, you know, little little fun yes. pickup games. Yes. And yes. we were in the townhouses, and you know, we found out that the RC was open for play, and it was rare. But we got in there multiple times, and of course, when you found out, it was hey, before the secret gets let out, let's go. So we, you know, we hurry up. It's at the end of November before Thanksgiving. I get poked in the eye by a big guy across the hall. Next play down, I'm like, look, if I can't go a couple trips down, I'm out of here. So I catch the ball, go up for a layup, make the layup, drop. I, I hit the floor, tear my ACL. So I was, oh, I was, man. I was blind and crippled. And I drove back to the townhouses, but you know, even 20 years ago, John, that MRI, you didn't really, I mean, it's crazy to think today when that happens to say, oh, you know, don't get the MRI just yet. Now you get it instantly. But you know, even 20 years ago, it was, oh man, my knee feel after 10 minutes, I was like, oh, I'm okay. I'll take care of my knee. And I went through Thanksgiving break. I drove home, I Christmas break, I was going to the gym and then I finally got it when I was you know, getting up to go cover the women's team actually in Philly. I fell to the floor. I said, that's it. And then I got it and, and found out and had graduation. Uh, actually, it was my senior year. It was it was uh, fall semester. Uh, and then I graduated and then I and then I had the surgery. But a um, couple different distinctions. I'd rather have yours for sure than, <laughs> than mine. Well, well, you were there with Tim Wynn, weren't you? I was. I was there with a 99-2000 team. So it was... Yes. It was, well, I know Tim and I are very good friends. And yeah. I happened to represent Bonaventure at LaSalle High School in Niagara Falls awesome. when he signed. I just, you know, I was home then, and, you know, because I lived all over the country sure. in sales and so forth. But I just happened to be there, and uh, I knew Tim very well, and I, I went to that signing and so forth, and, and was thrilled to have, you know, have him become a Bonaventure. And now he's, you know, in the Hall of Fame with me, and I think it's, it's great that two people from Niagara Falls have accomplished as much as we did at St. Bonaventure. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, Tim Wynn, and obviously, you know, Paul Harris and that connection, he played at Syracuse uh, and I and I, know, I I know Paul Harris and I know Johnny Flynn very well. Yep, too, yep. And I covered Paul and Johnny when they were at Syracuse and Tim Wynn actually. Yeah. He was my first athlete interview on WSBU radio. It no was right, yeah, it was right after the tournament. And I remember going down to ask Steve Mess saying, Hey, you know, now that everything's gone and, and done and I had mm-hmm. gone to Cleveland for the games, my dad, you know, said, We're going, it doesn't matter what it takes. Right. Um so we went as fans. He grabbed some tickets, ten rows up the floor, and we watched the entire tournament. We even stayed after Bonna lost. And I went back to campus, and uh, he, Steve said, "Oh, you know, you're on your own now. The SID duties are over." You know, and, and sure enough, I walk around the corner, and Tim is right there in the oh, RC. Wow. So I said, "Hey, by the way, would you?" And bang, you know, he comes on my show. He goes in studio, oh, yeah. and uh, uh, just a great guy. That was a great team. I mean, that was what? that was Bremer as a sophomore, Prado. <laughs> Uh, Timmy wins. I, I, yep. I wanted to see them play as well. And Cyrus, they, yeah. The last thing I would have wanted to do playing basketball at St. Bonaventure was try to drive by Tim Wynn. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Take the ball away from you in a second. Yeah, yeah. David Messiah Capers. That was a special team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they had a great team. Great that was team. a special. I've got, you know what I have as I interview you? I turn around, I've got the, the Finishing Dreams Bonaventure newspaper tacked on my wall. Uh-huh. As we uh, talk Bonnet hoops with the with the Bonnet great John Hayes on the ML Sports Platter, Bob Lanier, the first time you saw him play basketball, what what is going through your mind? Well, I'll tell you what. Let me tell you about Bob Lanier. Uh, it was before my let's see my, my sophomore season, so I was a freshman, and then during that particular summer when I was working with this Ben Russell gentleman. Right. So that's 65, 66. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, 66, 67. Okay. Uh, just before he came there. But, 
uh, uh, this uh, Ben Russing guy, you know, that was part of the deal. He, I, I worked with him. Uh, I mean, we became very good friends because he lived in Lockport and I lived in the Falls and was about 20 miles away. So not only did I get recruited by him, we became best of friends and he was almost like a father figure to me. But one of the things that we did, uh, I would have to say that there's no doubt about it. I was instrumental in helping Ben recruit some, you know, some kid from Buffalo, Bennett High School, and Bob Lanier, and, you know, that is, we definitely double teamed him. And, and I helped recruit Bob, so I got, then Bob and I became exceptionally good friends. We even roomed together during summer school at, at, before his freshman year, and uh, played a lot of table tennis together, and, uh, and played him one-on-one. As a matter of fact, the very first time we went down to Bonaventure with him, I remember we were at, uh, I think it was Butler Gym, at the time, because the uh, Riley Center wasn't complete yet, we played three on three, and, and, and I was checking Bob because him and I were the two tallest guys there. And I was at the top of the key, and I distinctly remember trying driving around him, and I tripped over his foot. And that's when I realized how big his <laughs> shoes were. <laughs> well, that's you know when they brought me when I went you know when you go down there to visit Bonavent, I they may not do it now, but when I went on my first visit to Bonas, the first yeah. thing they did was bring me to the library and show you the shoe. Oh, of Bob I've got it? one with me, and I've got one at home as well. So. Size, what, 22? Is 22. That, yeah. They, yeah. They have a pair of those shoes in the, uh, um, the Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, they do. In uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, they're, they're, they're bronzed, I guess, or something. I have a picture of it. I've, I've been through there one time. So, I mean, they were huge. Bob was huge. So, Bob was. But you were talking about varsity, playing the varsity, and so... You're fre- so you were a freshman. You were you played on varsity as a freshman. Is that right? In high school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in college, you couldn't. We right. In college, you couldn't. So that's why I was saying your freshman year at Bonaventure was sixty five, sixty six. Correct. That was that was an interesting year for sure. That, okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm guessing maybe you know what happened that year. Uh, there's another gentleman. I, I think you might know this guy. His name is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Not bad. <laughs> he happened to be a freshman the same exact same year. Luel Cinder. Yep. Yeah, Luel Cinder back then. And, you know, I knew that, but I didn't, couldn't watch him very well. He was on the West Coast and we were on the East Coast. But at the end of the regular season, uh, I did find <laughs> out and hear that um, he came in, well, he, he averaged 33.1 points a game his freshman year. That's it. And he came in number two in the country behind me at 34.7 points a game. So, I mean, uh, I don't know how many people can say they ever outscored Jabbar because he's the leading scorer in the NBA history yeah. so far. So, I mean, I, how I did it, I have no idea, but uh, I'm proud of it, and I'm still waiting to see him face-to-face so that we can talk about it. Yeah, well, you know, that you got you got to <laughs> dial him up on a Zoom call these days. Um, yeah. You know, because that's what we were talking about in the beginning, and that's why I was confused a few minutes ago. Your freshman yeah. year was 65 66. 66 you couldn't, uh, yeah. yeah, you couldn't play freshman ball back you then. And then you, yep, and then you play 66 67, 67 well, 68. 66, yeah, yep. 66 67 year, uh, the very first day of practice my sophomore year was my very first day on the varsity. Right, and that's why I was going to ask you what that was like. Yep. Okay, well, I'll tell you what it was like. We practiced the initially. We were, we're done with the armory. I did get to play in the army my freshman year, and I think that was awesome. Just experience that. Uh, but the very first day of practice my sophomore year, October fifteenth, nineteen sixty six, we're scrimmaging or we're practicing in Butler Gym. You know, because they were 
the, uh, the Riley Center was not complete yet. It was still under construction. It was going to be finished shortly. Hmm. And uh, uh, so you know, that's where we're practicing. Probably 40 minutes into practice, I blew my knee out. Oh. Yeah. I was thinking, I mean, I'm, I'm riding high. After my great freshman season, I'm, I'm ready. You know, I'm going to be playing and do real well. So, <laughs> and, and it was it was a, a different time back then. Sure, we didn't even have a trainer. <laughs> we had no trainer. Just Dick Gelati came after I hurt my knee because of that. Just go so drink ten beers, right, and you're all set. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't even drink. I didn't consume alcohol, so I don't know what the hell I was going to do. So, so we uh, uh, so we had no trainer. <laughs> Our doctor, the team doctor, was a GP. Hmm. Dr. Reach, great guy, great guy, but you need an orthopedic surgeon, you know, a doctor under those conditions. And we had no workout room, you know, like LA Fitness. Hmm. You know what it's like now at St. Bonaventure. Oh, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. We have yeah. nothing. Yep. So, and, and we're practicing, playing, you know, doing a one on one drills, and we probably shouldn't have been. We should have been throwing the ball around and running and so forth on the first day. Well, anyway, I missed the first six weeks of practice because of the injury you know nobody could really determine exactly what it was and and then uh we i missed the first game that season i missed the second game that season we played our third game in cincinnati against xavier and all of a sudden Weesey puts me in the game with about eight minutes gone and nobody from xavier knows who the hell is this guy you know i haven't played yet it's my first varsity game well i scored 26 points on, on one leg because i really shouldn't have been playing i had tape on a uh, an ace bandage, a, 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 you know, a brace. <laughs> I'm hobbling around out there. So, I mean, that was exciting. I had a lot of friends from grade school that were at Xavier at that game, and they were thrilled to see it happen. But the next game we played in the yard in Buffalo against Denver, yeah. 10 minutes into the game, I go up, put my hand up, come down on some guy's foot, twist my ankle, twist my knee, season over. Wow. <clears throat> I played one game my sophomore year. Yeah. And then I had surgery in, uh, eventually in uh, New York City. The next doctor operated on me. And, but it was conventional surgery, no arthroscopic, you know. Yeah. Uh, we were living in another era. Oh, it's crazy. Just, uh, things were so different. And what they can do now versus then. I mean, I've had both of my knees replaced now, and I was walking the next day almost. No doubt. Well, and, yeah. you know, you look at a guy like Bill Walton, right? I mean, Bill Walton, who goes through all those leg injuries, the, the knee injuries, the ankles, this and that, and the other thing, he, he's, yeah. he's born in 1990, 1995. He goes to UCLA. I'm, obviously, he doesn't win the titles, and Wooden's not around. But, again, if he plays in this era, or you play in this era, all the people oh. from then play in this era, you have – in early injury, at I mean, for example, look at Steph Curry. If Steph Curry's injury happens to Pete Maravich, yeah. what happens to Pete Maravich? Steph Curry already has a Hall of Fame career. Then he has the injury he's had, a little bit of a yeah. layoff. You've got the corona. John, he's better now or, or as good as he's been at any other time in his career, and he was at home doing stuff. You know, because yes. the medicine and all the things and oh, the conditioning. it's so sophisticated now. It's, yeah, to, yeah, totally different. So listen, yep. I, I see your, this is what's, I wanted to have you on for a long time, and I, I meant to reach out to you on, on Facebook. But what really made me Facebook message you and connect, and, and I'm so happy that we did again, John Hayes, Bonagrad, uh, Bonagrade, I should say, Hoops Great here on the ML Sports Platter. Um, you you made a post that was terrific. It said, here were the top 10 preseason Division One basketball projections in the 67-68 St. Bonaventure season. On the left, and the final ratings on the right would a ride 23-0. The preseason was, 
UCLA, Houston, Kansas, Louisville, Carolina, Dayton, BC, Princeton, <laughs> Vanderbilt, yeah, and right. Tennessee for a tie. Mind-boggling. Such a different era. And the final yeah. poll was Houston, UCLA, St. Bonaventure at number right. three, Carolina, Kentucky. Now it looks a little, okay. Then Columbia, New Mexico, <laughs> Louisville, Davidson, Marquette. That right. is absolutely incredible. And you guys in 67, 68, before you jump in to tell me about that special season, you, this is how different it was. The NCAA tournament was what, 32 teams back then? At the most, it might have been, I think it was in the 20s. So I was going to say, or maybe even 24, yeah, and, then the, and then yeah, the NIT. 23 or 24 teams. Exactly, yeah. and the NIT was even even as special as the NCAA during that era. You guys well, win, you, yeah, you right. guys lose the first game to BC, lose to Carolina, lose to Columbia, but still finish number three in we, the country. No, we, did, we did not lose to BC. You, no, no, yes. I know, you beat BC. Yes. And then you lost then to Carolina. Lost to Carolina, lost to Columbia. So right. take take me through the 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 season, the emotion, uh, beating BC. I mean, you guys are a national championship contender, and even with the two oh. losses to Carolina, Columbia, you still are at number three. Remarkable. Yes, uh, it, 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 I, I think we felt at that time, you know, it's the same way. You know, like we're going where we're going. Well, to make it even more interesting. Uh, let's see. I started out. Particular season, you know, coming off of that injury the year before, with a lot of questions and apprehensions yeah. on my part. You know, I had no idea what to expect. We had a great team, of course, but literally no bench. This was makes it even more interesting. Uh, especially, you know, I never expected to pull off what we did. And, and there was a sophomore Butler was our senior. Butler was our senior captain, a outstanding ball player. Uh, we had a questionable small forward, John Hayes, and two, and two outstanding guards, Jimmy Savin and Billy Galba. I love Jimmy. And the rest is history. I know, what a team. Yeah. The one that, you know, eventually was labeled as the Iron Man 5, and, and, and it didn't just happen. We played virtually every minute of every game. <laughs> and we even played a zone defense to stay out of foul trouble. Oh, you would have been a great player for Jim Beheim, man. Oh, yeah. One, he, one he, of he, six guys to play all the time, and you play zone. My God, you're a dream come true. Uh, you're right, yeah. right. And, and, and he, through the first eight games that year, we averaged just over 90 points a game. Oh. I mean, you never see a college team today because of that damn three-point play, in my sure. estimation, scoring 90 points. Yeah. And we shot well over 50%. I think we were number three in the country in field goal percentage well. as a team. Uh, and that was without the advantage of the three-point shot exactly. or the shot clock. Bingo. And that year, we couldn't dunk the ball because of Jabbar. Oh, yeah, Kyle Cinder. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my. That's, three that's things huge. go. That's absurd. That's absurd. Those three things right there to hold you back from scoring, you still did that? Right. That's and absurd. We still did it. Oh, my right. God. Wow. So, you know, what a, what a, what a season to go undefeated. Right? And, 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 uh, and finish number three in the UPI ratings. And, and I think we probably set another record that the NCAA doesn't even take into consideration at this time or that time. We got a total of just 39 points for this from this for the season from our bench. Wow. 39. I was watching a game last year on TV, and they were showing a graphic of it just happened to pop on the screen of ten at least 10 teams that season that were averaging over 30 points a game from their bench. Wow. We got 39 for the whole season. So, obviously, you know, I lost about 15 pounds that year. Everybody else did, too. Amazing. Amazing. And, and then we, yeah, and then we had to win three games in overtime that year uh, wow. on the road. 
all three of them. And Toledo was one of them with Steve Mix. Steve Mix was a superstar. Yeah. Playing him on their small court in Toledo to beat them in overtime. And we beat Seton Hall in overtime and we beat Fairfield. So, I mean, what can I say? That it's, it's, it's unbelievable that it ever happened. And, and why, and why, of course, you know, we played that first game against uh, Cousy. And Cousy's in Boston College, we got to play him in New England. That's a home game for them, as far as I'm concerned. And, and Cousy was quoted in one of the newspaper articles saying that Bonner had a great team, but we'll beat them. Well, he never should have said that because we posted that in our locker room. And we, we beat them 102 to 90. I was going to say he scored 100 points. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Cousy coached game. Boston College then. Yeah, he was coaching yeah. Boston College. So yeah. I, was, I mean, I was just thrilled to be on the same floor with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, wow. you know, the next game, we got to play North Carolina. Coach Dean Smith yep. with two All Americans at North Carolina State. Right. I was thinking, who the hell set that up? Yeah. That's, talk about an unfair. Talk about the pod <laughs> system before the pod system, huh? My God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we, we just ran out of legs. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. 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 And, and, and then we lost that game, but uh, still, what a season, man. Yeah. Holy cow. Uh, I, I got two more quick ones for you, Riley. Center wise, <clears throat> when you can, when you played. In the RC then, when it was the first few years, and the, the home court was really dominating. And then fast forward to recent times, when I went to Bonas 20 years ago, which every day, trust me, starts to feel like forever. Um, oh. Like, compare the eras. I mean, <clears throat> was it more intimidating then, uh, during my my time? You know, Because you've been back to campus a million times since you played. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when was it the most intimidating? Kind of compare the eras of the of the fans and, 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 and creating a just an awful atmosphere for the visitors. And obviously, as you know, John, a home court, home field is only as good. Your team's still got to be really good to have that home court because you got to have fans come out. But compare the errors for me at the RC, how intimidating they were. Well, uh, I, we did some different things. And, and our fans were unusual as hell. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, them walking out with a coffin. With where they had a dummy in the coffin or something. They had, they had the, the hanging tree in front of Plasma where they hung these dummies after we won every game. Yep, I have. Yeah, yep. so I mean, that I, I can just imagine what the, the opposing team's thinking when they see these guys all dressed in black walking out with a casket and, and pulling out a dummy and so forth. And, and then we hung them because we won every game at home that year as well. And, and just the yeah, they're playing uh, Wade in the Water was the song that they played during the warm-ups. And we had a brown and white basketball for the warm-ups. You know, it was, it was, I don't know whether they painted or what, but uh, it, it was so unique. The, the, the place was just hopping and jumping. And it was crazy. I mean, I, I, it's, it's so hard to explain, but uh, uh, I'd hate to be a, an opposing team coming in there. And, and we did play Niagara that year right. there with Calvin Murphy. We beat him 101 to 72. I mean, that's just crazy, man. Another, we had more points. We scored more damn points, but we shot exceptionally well. I tell you what, nobody was looking for the three-point shot, and that shot drags your percentages down and your scoring down. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. uh, and I see these games today, Syracuse. That's all they do. Everybody's shooting the three. Almost every, you know, every other shot, if not more, is a three-pointer, and, and it's a 25 percent shot. And I, I shot for my career 51, 52 percent. At St. Bonaventure in the three years that I've played, but unfortunately I didn't get to play much my senior year. That's another story. But 
Well, uh, yes. that's great. I mean, the RC is just, gosh, you know, what I used to do as a student when they used to win a huge game, like mm-hmm. the cookie game against Cheney or when Xavier would come into town with Thad Mata and David West and oh, Romain yeah. Sato and those teams or the, 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 the I just uh, St. Joe's with Martelli. Um, way late at night after the game, I would go uh-huh. back to the RC and just go up to the top in the Reds and just sit there. No just, kidding. Just man. by myself and just yeah, look yeah. out and go, damn, this place is special. You know, man, I mean, the RC, I miss that place. I, like, yeah, I think was, about it all well, the time. I do. I really I said, do. As I said earlier, that was one of the primary reasons I went to Bonaventure before yeah. it was even built, oh. knowing what they were going to Because, you know, I, I, I saw the Armory. I got to see a game in the Armory when they were recruiting me. And, uh, you know, I thought that was awesome. But I'm thinking, you know, it, it's got to get bigger. You know, they've got to do something, and boy, they sure as hell did. No doubt. Right no doubt. It was crazy. All right, let's wrap with this. The current times, Mark Schmidt, you've got to be really, really impressed with this guy. He finds these guys from community colleges, Posley yeah. and Mobley, and now Jaron Holmes. Yeah. Um, Mark Schmidt, I'm just going to leave, give, give you the floor in closing your relationship with him and, 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 I think, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure you agree. I think he saved the program, John. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. He's done a fantastic job there. And, uh, it, it, you know, we're getting back again to recruiting. If You know, you, you've got, first of all, you've got the, 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 the facility and the, and the school that uh, has so much fantastic history for basketball. Uh, then you have to have someone convince that particular player that he needs to consider coming there. And, obviously, Schmidt has done a fantastic job. And, yeah. and he's, he's an awesome coach. You know, I look at some coaches and they sit on the bench and they never move. Mark is not like that. He's all over the place, up and down. And <laughs> he's, in, he's involved with every aspect of that game. Yeah. And and, and that's good. And, and uh, it, it works. And he's done, he's done a great job. And, and I'm thrilled that he's there. Yeah, no doubt. Well, he had a great career at St. Bonaventure. Uh, buddies with Bob Lanier, start of the Riley Center, made the first basket on the first yeah. hoop at the RC. And so happy. You know, social media can be a dark cesspool sometimes, but, man, it can be great when you can connect with people like John Hayes, the terrific Bonaventure great. And, uh, John, as we record this, go Bills as well. Thanks for coming on with me, man. You're right. The Bills are having a fantastic season, and and I hope they go all the way because if they're not going to do it this year, I don't know when they will. The ML Sports Platter, all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review where you get pods on your smartphone device. We are presented by our great friends at Rosie's Corner, Stanley Law Offices, Ken's Auto Detailing, and Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State Tax Efficient Retirement Planning today with Brian Conboy, advisors.massmutual.com. Go with Brian for all of your financial needs and your financial future. We did, and we're super happy that we made the decision. Advisors.massmutual.com. Brian Conboy also on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Our financial advisor of the ML Sports Platter, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual, New York State. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. Be on the lookout for my nine minute with Mike Lindsley segments and ML Sports takes on TikTok, YouTube, IGTV, Facebook, and Twitter. As I always tell you, enjoy the games.
During the season of giving, you might give away more than you want. Sweater for mom, video game for Jake, and my credit card for someone named Gina? More online activity can mean more exposed personal info. But LifeLock by Norton has identity theft protection all wrapped up. And if you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions. But you can save up to 25% off your first year with promo code LifeLock. Visit LifeLock.com today. Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful. Not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University graduates 25,000 students yearly and offers more than 225 high-quality programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.